Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. Everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we are celebrating the 10th anniversary of Christopher Nolan's Inception by watching Inception, funnily enough. Uh, joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Kate Willoughby! Hello! How are you, Kate? I'm good. I'm patting your dog. I'm having fun. Yes, no, Gibson's very much enjoying that. Um, Kate, just for the folks at home, Mm -hmm. who are you and what do you do? Okay, well, thank you. Goodbye, Gibson. Um, Okay, Uh, so my name is Kate. Um, About me, well, I like binge-watching TV shows and movies. Uh, I do puppetry and stuff for kids. Um, And that's really me. I mean, there's more to me. I'm Mm. more in-depth, but I don't think you all deserve to know more so that's fair that's fair. i don't know you all um but i'm nice mm-hmm. and i've never seen inception you've never seen inception i've never My seen inception God. so what are you expecting then well so far i just keep thinking of um the the, the lion king <laughs> um to simba's pride song um Deception, mm-hmm. disgrace, evil as plain as the scar on his face. It's a whole Romeo and Juliet thing. Um, I do know Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. Um, Joseph Gordon-Lovett's in it. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a, a round, there's a there's a, a room that moves, and they did it all practical effects. Mm. And I know that there's a spinning turner top. And I know that when you dream and you die in your dream, you die in real life. Is that from Inception? Or is that just like from every other classic? Well, that's from Elm Street, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think it's from a lot of things. Mm. Okay. Well, I know that lots of people were taking the mickey out of it mm. after. Because a lot of movies were like, if you die in your dreams, you die in real life. And I mm. think it was an Inception reference. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. It may have even ended up in my PhD show, uh, which you were a part of. That may be where you heard it most recently. Yes, that is where <laughs> I heard it most recently. And I knew it was an Inception joke. Yeah. Be- even though I had never seen Inception. So. Mm, excellent. Um, well, joining us, luckily enough, we have someone who has seen the film. Uh, back on the program for the first time this year, it's Anna Weir. Hello. Anna, how are you doing? I'm all right. Good. And just. People for- keep asking me that. Is this like, is my face giving off some <laughs> sort of despair? Um. No, but I think, okay. yeah, at least, at the very least, not what I've noticed. Great, I, excellent. Yeah, I think it's just a standard human greeting these days. Yeah. I think, you know, we're, we're currently in the middle of a pandemic. I think how you're doing is actually quite a, a good, serious question. Um, mm. So given uh, what has just been said, um, who are you, Anna? And what do you do? Um, it's not hugely interesting. I'm a receptionist who also happens to watch a lot of movies. Mm. But you also are very creative in stuff. Like yes, I've I've invited along Kate, who is my um, PR person. Yeah, <laughs> to tell you all about that. Well, some might even say you do costume stuff. 
Well, some might say that. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, she does costume stuff. She does. Yeah. Um, yes, but right now we're looking at Inception, which you have seen. Yes, I sure have. Um, what do you remember of this film in a sort of vague, non-spoilery sort of way? Um, so this is just completely going to out myself for the trash human I am. But what I remember about this film is very much meshed with all the fan fiction I have read about this film. This oh. made you want to read fan fiction about it? No, I already read it. I was just like, oh, this is a new... It's- so when you read it, you have to imagine the people in your head. And I was like, oh, I know these faces now. So I'll read it and see if it's any good. Oh, okay. And sometimes the fan fiction is a lot more Oh, no, I'm a fan fiction, I'm a fan fiction person, but normally it's because yeah, like, no, well, it's, that it, I've it, it made me want to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. I love that that's the review. I've had, so, I've had people <laughs> since 2010 fit. going, oh, my God, have you seen Inception? And I'm like, the fact that you're making me, you keep saying that to me, I refuse. I'm actually one of those people, I'm like, I'm not watching it because you've said that I have to watch it. But if someone had just gone, you know, I finished the movie and it made me want to read fan fiction of it, I'd be like... Interesting. Is See, there this is some... why I should write movie reviews. <laughs> for young women, specifically. Yes, specifically. Were there two men that looked at each other for too long? Oh, there sure were. There's fan mm. fiction about it. Sometimes oh, yeah. there were three men and they looked at each other and oh, everyone wow. just got very excited. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I, that was not where I was expecting it no, to go. And I no. Love, no, no, no. I do, I I do remember um, that there is essentially... I can't remember what the the dream weaving that they do is called, mm-hmm. but basically they have found a way to almost weaponize that and go into people's psyches and steal information mm-hmm. that then can be used for good or for bad. Mm-hmm. And there is a specific crew of people and everyone has a different job. It's kind of like a heist film, but inside your brain. Yeah. So did... So he just watched like Nightmare on Elm Street and went, but what if? <laughs> yeah. But what if he was stealing stuff? Of <laughs> what murdering if he did people? crime? Yeah. Let's change the crime inside the brain and from, from murder, murder to espionage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of. Mm. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah. Elm Street's, you know, it's all right. Kate looks so skeptical. I wish everyone could see her face right now. It's like two hours and 28 minutes, man. Mm. I, you know, but I just did watch Hamilton. So yeah. again, I really shouldn't. And I'm pretty sure at least 15 minutes of that is credits. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it should be fine. Well, should we watch it and find yes, out? Yeah, let's should. do it. Okay, for those of you listening at home, uh, pop in those DVDs and start spinning that top and just wait and see <laughs> if it falls or not as we watch Inception. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Inception. And by we, I of course mean Anna Weir. Hello. And Kate Willoughby. Hello. Kate. Yes. That was your first time watching Inception. It was. I don't <laughs> <laughs> it was indeed. I'm so sorry. Yeah, um, Stephen made these, like, the these lovely homemade Ferrero Rocher chocolates, and I ate way too many, and I think I'm on a sugar high. They were really good, though. They were very, very tasty. But mm. yes. You've we did watch the love story of <laughs> Yeah, no, we did watch Inception. What did you think? Um, look, first of all, um it the last half of the movie mm-hmm. good. Like the world within yeah, the world, like yeah. that sequence stuff, mm. good. Um the first like hour or half or whatever that was, it was Act one. 
Act one yeah. was really just exposition. Like Inception should just be called exposition mm. because obviously they're trying to exp- like explain everything. But honestly, like the first half, like quarter, where they're in a world within a world within a world with the with the guy that hires them, they could have just started with the guy hiring him. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. you didn't need all of that because when you met Ellen Page's character, that's when you explain everything because mm-hmm. she's the one that's getting brought into the world. Yeah, she's the audience insert. She's the audience insert. So why do we have to see everything like that before? Like when they could have just not done that because mm-hmm. that, then what was happening is that they were just giving more exposition over exposition and i think they could have just done that in a better way mm. and i think that would have made the movie better because mm. i mean through the whole movie everyone was talking like yeah. literally we were all having a chat through the whole freaking even me yeah i haven't even seen the movie and i was like okay it, it didn't engage you necessarily in like an emotional level no it was very boring <laughs> um but the thing is again the second the last half and mm. like some of the character interactions like by the time they were doing the training up and getting ready to do the heist thing, mm. I was like, oh, okay. I was starting to get into the characters. Mm. Um, and then the, you know, when the guy, the young business guy had closure with his dad mm. and the little windmill thing, oh, that yeah. I, thought, good. I yeah. thought that was really good because I mean, really the whole movie is obviously about getting over grief. Doing. It's really hitting over the head. All right. So it's like Leonardo DiCaprio has to get over the suicide of his wife, the death of his wife, so he can move forward. Mm. And then the main mark of the thing has to get past his father's death, but um, but the regrets that they have. Mm. So he has regrets because he feels that it is his fault that his wife killed himself. And he has regret because he never got to have the relationship that he wanted with his dad, or he felt like that they could never have closure. So mm-hmm. it's about people having closure over death and how about dreams of the people that have passed haunt you, um, which I can, you know, for me, I can really relate. Like I've had so many dreams of my dad since he's passed away. And I think like, so I got that part. Mm. So that was actually quite a beautiful idea, but I think it was just, that he was really into showing how cool it was. And I think sometimes that got lost. I think it either thought that that the audience was dumb and couldn't keep up. So they kept explaining everything or I don't know. I mean, the shots were cool. It was really pretty, Mm. Stephen. It was really pretty to look at. It is a very pretty film, but Anna, I don't know if like you, um, I I certainly had a feeling this is the first time I've watched it since it was in the the cinema yes yes, to the best of my knowledge me too and in the cinema I had a great time with this film I was like uh, like it is that experience of seeing and hearing that film Mm. in a cinematic space was great but looking at it on a television looking at it in kind of like a more sedate uh, homely environment it is a film at least I, I felt a film that you could tune out of pretty easily which the four of us did yeah. frequently. And I think as an audience member, you kind of intrinsically know when you're watching a movie, you're like, oh yeah, this is a bit where I actually, if I do talk over it, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. Mm. So like, there, were not... like, like, there were a couple of times where I was like, shh, because I could yeah. tell story-wise, I was like, okay, I need to know this part. Mm. But that was only again, yeah. late mm. half of the film. But then, you know, there's a man in a grey suit talking to another man in a grey suit. And you're like, well, this has been happening for an hour yeah. so i'm gonna make a joke and hopefully it'll be done soon yeah um yeah. i it was it wasn't so much that i i, I guess i loved this film when i first saw it because i never went and watched it again 
And that that's something I've done with other Christopher Nolan films. Mm. I loved The Dark Knight. Which that's a good film. That's a damn good oh, film. Fifteen years old when it came out. I made mm. my dad and I we my for my birthday present to see it again. So I watched oh. it multiple times yeah. as a teenager. I, I went multiple times to watch it as well. It's the first film and I think I've only done it with one other film since where I've gone and paid to watch it again in the cinema. Mad Max Fury Road, that was mine. Yeah. I'm with, so with, upset I didn't get to see that I in the cinema. I saw it like three mm. times in the cinema. I yeah. Have, uh, yeah. With, with your man Tom Hardy. With my best man. Yeah. Tom Hardy. With my best um, boy. Yes. Um, but Inception, I was like, I had a really great time. I never went back and saw it. And re-watching it for this. It's kind of like, it's, it's a spectacle. It's like mm. you watch a fireworks show and you're like, Oh wow, that was a fireworks show, but you don't want to watch the same fireworks show the next night. Yeah. Like, well, and also like, I, I, I'm not invested in the story of each firework. Like no, exactly. Yeah, it's they just keep bringing in more fireworks. Yeah, God. and like there are some some great sequences, and I I, I do think in terms of like if if you were watching this from a technical perspective, mm. oh absolutely, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The the visual effects, both the practical and digital, uh, both really stand up. Yeah, they actually they really really do. Mm. I'll give it that. Yeah, mm. it's um the the pacing of the the more intense action sequences are quite good. I, I also feel it does a good job of with the multi layers of the dreams that you don't necessarily get lost. They, there's a lot no. of good visual language. They did that better than I remembered because mm. I I remember being slightly sort of lost the first time I saw it with the. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But in this one, I was like, oh, it's really clearly delineated. Which level is which level? What time is influencing? When they have to be done with their thing by? Mm. Yeah, so I thought that was done really well. And that again, I, I consider that the second half of the film. Like, yes, definitely. So the second half is so much stronger than the first. Mm. And they the whole movie could have been the second half. Yeah. Do You, you think didn't need the first half. The yeah. issue then is that this film could have been solved with... Um, Therapy? Yeah, yeah. With yeah. with someone just literally grabbing Leo's character in the first five minutes and say, "Go see a therapist." I know. Well, well here's the thing: it's two different films. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's two different films that are smushed together. You can have a really sad, meaningful film about a, a man coming to you know grips with the, the terrible death of his wife and mm-hmm. how that impacts their family, mm-hmm. or you could have like a cool, interesting heist movie with espionage and dream sequences and layers. But you can't necessarily meld the two together and be like, look, it's 100% fantastic 100% of the time. It's like, well, it can't be. It's two different movies. Yeah, I think like, again, like the second half, like with the train going through and that sense of how trauma affects your life. Mm. I think I'm not against them having like the dead wife route um, in the story. But the problem was is that, yes, it was like, this would help if they just had a therapist. One... The reason to do this is because they want to tear apart like a business because this billionaire who has enough money to buy an airline and not even blink and not even blink wants more money. So really, mm. first, oh, he wants the, to be in charge of what, like all the energy all sector. The energy? What energy? Where? What, yeah. What? So that's the thing that annoys me. I was like, okay, so we want to help this extra rich guy become really rich. Mm. Um, okay, fine. So, okay, I'll get look past that just for a plot device. Because, you know, that espionage. is how capitalism works. Yeah, capitalism mm. works. Um, but what I didn't like was the fact that all the emotional labour was placed on Ellen Page's character because yes. a woman has to hold this emotional weight. Both his wife and this woman that he didn't know was a student that Michael Caine was like, yes. well, she's smart, you can, she can sort it out. And I was like... 
No, like, so the idea of that, I get it, that the men in his life know that something's wrong, but they don't talk about it. They mm. yell, they get violent. They don't actually go, hey, man, mm. we need to sit down and talk about the fact that this is affecting your life, it's affecting your work, and like, you don't want to open up about it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt at one point... Is his to, best friend. Yeah, he's his best friend, but at one point, to, I forget all their real names, Ariadne, he, to her is like, oh, you met Marl, and she's like, who's that? And, so he's, and then he kind of was like, goodbye, and so it's like, you know there's a problem. You know there's this big thing in his life that's impacting him and you're just going to, like, not ever talk about yeah, it? Yeah, which I guess, again, you could look at the film if they were going to actually critique it or do something about it. But they don't. Mm. This woman that he doesn't know takes on the emotional labour of this man that she has no emotional connection to to help him get through the death of his wife. Which Yet he the kind man... of a little bit caused by gaslighting the hell out of her. Oh, I mean... This whole film, rewatching it this time, it's very different from 20-year-old me. It was like, look at all the bells and whistles. Oh, my. 30-year-old me is going, they're just gaslighting everyone. Yeah, like, like the, the whole point of Cobb Inception. is not a good guy. Yeah. I, I don't think he's ever set up to be a good guy. But because no. he's the protagonist, you do... You assume he will be. You assume, yeah, there's going to be redeeming qualities. And also, you know, he's like, I'm always doing this for my kids who... I, I do not like the, the way that the family was kind of just used as like, it's my motivation because yeah. family. Yes. It wasn't like, you know, like, Carrie, like, yeah, it's a good shorthand, but I, I just didn't feel like I believe also it. it's meant to be like, again, I, I get where they're going and this mm. is where people are like, oh, so deep, um, is that obviously <laughs> after the loss of his wife, he felt a physical disconnect with his children. He yeah. couldn't which look at them in the happens. face. He couldn't look at them because he felt guilty mm. for the death of his wife, which for him He's expressing that he feels guilty mm. because he feels like that he caused her death. Yeah. Which in this metaphysical whatever kind of world, maybe he did. Yes. But obviously it's a metaphor because people in life that have lost people, particularly to suicide, have this sense of I am the reason that they took their own life. And I, I couldn't stop them. I couldn't stop them. I put something in their head. I didn't ask them when they were okay. I didn't say exactly the right thing. And there's never an exactly yeah. a right thing. So I honestly don't think mm. in real life he caused her death. But I, like he no. said, he feels guilty that the action to say, hey, the only way for us to get out of this world is for us to go through a suit is to kill ourselves. But really it was because at that point she had already lost it. And in his brain, maybe it could be a representation of her first lapse of depression yeah. where he thinks I'm going to get my wife out of depression. But then that became a crutch for her to use. So then her second wave of depression continued and he felt like he couldn't save her this time. And mm. so I get where all the metaphors, like it's you, I, like, like, I'm you not dumb. It's so obvious. It's not like, mm. you know, but it was just not done well. Like, and I, I think yeah. that's the issue that it could have been done better, especially because again, it's like, you have a dead wife motivation. Mm. Here's a woman to help you. Motivation. motivation. All the men are just sexually repressed. Just let <laughs> Joseph Gordon love it. And, yeah, Tom he's going to love it. Okay. <laughs> let them kiss. Let them kiss. Okay, mm. because... and We have rights. Let them kiss. But also, like, why didn't his father help him? You know what I mean? Like... Was that, no, was that his dad that was meant to be. That was meant to be his dad. Oh, I thought it was his father No, that was his dad. Was Michael, father. Michael Caine's character? Yeah. No, Michael Caine was his dad. Oh. So that was sort of the thing, is that his dad was going to go and visit the grandkids. Father. And that's what I mean, is that, again, mm. he goes, Whoop, here's my son going through some stuff, so I'm just going to hand you over to a woman to deal it, with stuff. I've just double-checked the cast listing. It was his father-in-law. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Because I assumed that 
he had married a French woman. They lived in France. Yeah. And then they had Marl. I, I mean, it's confusing casting Michael Caine and having him in, in Paris. Yeah. And I thought he called him Dad. No, he, I don't think he ever said his name. Oh, yeah. okay. It's his, it's his father-in-law. He said to the kids, oh, Grandpa's going to come visit you. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's, oh, okay. Do you want to guess what Michael Caine's character is called in this film? Is, I've it, got the, is it Alfred? It's not. <laughs> it's, his name is Professor Stephen Miles. I don't think that's ever said. No, or, none of that yeah, like, is made clear. I mean, I would have noticed my own name being said, <laughs> I, I believe. Uh, Do we just assume probably, every man maybe writing in front written... of a chalkboard is a professor? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, we are, well, I mean, he's probably me. meant to be... It's probably written somewhere, but I don't know. Like, it was just, again, you could have started the movie with the guy being like, I want to hire you for a job about inception and it could have been you know i get that they wanted to be like see how his wife's affecting this job but like that could have still come into that could have still come in yeah thank you because then him going well i don't want to do inception because because of this thing and then they'll be like well that was like a i don't know he still had held something back and then them being like well that was a one-off it was a terrible tragedy but it'll never happen again we're all smarter and better and brighter yeah or his mate or his mate going hey you sure we should do this ever since you know you know, she died. The thing happened. The thing happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you establish it straight out, and I guess that, I don't know, and then it would have been, I don't know, I guess they wanted to show Inception in the beginning to I show what the world was. I don't think I know was. what Inception is. It's going through three levels of a dream, oh, so and then, the no, but the idea is that you plant something original in someone else's head. Right. Yeah, so, okay. So the fact that at the end of this film, Robert Fisher, who's the Killian Murphy's character, thinks that the idea of splitting up his father's oh, is empire his is idea. his idea. That's right. the inception. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, there is a lot of terminology thrown around in this film. And as you say, it is very exposition heavy. It, I, I feel like it needs a lot of it. I just feel... I feel, I feel like all the exposition was needed. Oh, I, needed? I, they could have done yeah. it in a better way. Well, though. that's just it. I don't, but it's a really tricky thing, is how do you do that and do it in a way that seems genuine genuine like because uh, even though this wasn't genuine it was pretty slick and it was of a style you know like Hmm. joseph gordon levitt and tom hardy and all the other actors in those scenes were consistently talking a mile a minute uh, and going like bam 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 this is how we talk in this world we just talk with exposition like they were all consistent to each other with that on the whole they all did a pretty good job mm. yeah. but but I, I i do feel as though it, it just lacks a um it feels like lacks an emotional heart yeah i was literally about to say that when you when you pause i was like it lacks heart because like, like the whole way through they're like we're doing this and you're like but why yeah like it's literally because he goes well i need the last job so you need a billionaire to pay off the police force to not look into the mysterious death of your wife that it, that so you can see your kids which it's again it's never proven anyone's actually looking into yeah and that's why he was on the run like i feel like if they put more emphasis on this guy coming to to him and he used to be and they just explained you used to be a part of this experiment with your father-in-law mm. about blah 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 I need you That's to do very this. suspicious. Right, I need you to do this. I'm not doing that. Well, I need you to because if you do, I am worth billions. I will make your wife's... What would have made more uh, sense? ...suicide disappear and let the crux be, do I mm. do this thing that is morally wrong so I can... I live can, the rest of my life. So I can live the rest of my life. And they have it there, but if they had made that the literal 
choice. Like if they had gone, this is, that's what it is. That is what it is. Or even Sato being like, if you don't do this for me, I will blackmail the hell out of you. I will destroy your life and you'll never see your children again. And it doesn't matter if you killed your wife or not really, because I will make it look like it was a hundred percent your fault. Then that gives him even more of like a good guy motivation to be like, well, I have have got no choice to do this. I have to do it. Yeah. yeah. And then who are the people that you're going to get together? Yeah. And then he goes, well, you can just build it. And he goes, no, I can't. You still introduce the other character. Yeah, Ellen and they can all be And it can still be explained as to why she can still be the one going, can't. I don't understand what exactly, how do you build yeah. a world? What Did yeah. we just make a better film? Oh, yeah, we did. But again, <laughs> yeah, I really hate it how they were just like, all right, so um, the, we're going to like, put the brown guy in there but he's gonna be you can't see him for most yeah, of it yeah he's, he's only in like I mean, one layer of the dream I mean it was very noticeable when they went to go and recruit Tom Hardy he's the um, only white guy in the like, you'll just have to get rid of your tail who cuts to a shot where like it's Second a majority black population there's one white guy also in a suit that looks like he also walked out of Christopher Nolan land where everyone yeah. wears grey suits see and they could have done something clever there where it was like the coloured man sitting next to him was like, oh shit, they've got me. I'm the tail. Or like, yeah. you know, something. They could have yeah, made an effort. Or they could have just had him in England. You know what? Like, that was another thing. It was like, you didn't need him to be there. And for me, it just really pointed out mm. how it just it, it made us like, yeah, the cast is a bunch of white men. Mm. And two white ladies. Going to places and surrounded by... It, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it is predominantly a... a a white and white male dominated film um, yes. but I mean also with Christopher Nolan um, he, he does who obviously is a white male um, he has a tendency to pick actors that he likes working with so that's the reason why oh very much Killian so. Murphy yeah. is in yeah. so many of these films that's why Michael Caine is in eight of his films yeah but that's, um, that's the thing it's like I yeah. like working with the actors that I work with but that but it does it does then lead to an issue like mm. um, Leonardo DiCaprio was their only choice for Cobb that was like really? we, we want him for Cobb yeah. and they did a good job they did get him I mean like he was fine like, yeah he did a good job I mean he, yeah and I, I don't think that's an easy role no, um, no given no. that it, you, you are essentially playing the lead of two different films films I think the scene with um, with her on the ledge and mm. that him, was good that was really good and the scene of him explaining his guilt mm. I thought that was I thought it showed definitely a rawness. And when he finally got to see, like, this, like just like little things of when she said, look at your kids, and he refused to look. I thought yeah, that was that a re- was Like, that felt very real of him, like, I'm not going to yeah. look. And the fact mm. of Because the, if I see it, I'll stay here. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. Yeah, and yeah. the joy of seeing his children's faces yeah. at the end of, like... At the mysterious end. Oh, well, I... Well, yeah. Let's uh, let's jump into it, okay, Kate. Okay, one, I hate that because one, they go, <laughs> well, no, he's still, don't, like, isn't it all convenient that it all worked well and that yeah. they all got out and that the dad's there to greed and it's all part of blah, blah. And, like, we didn't see it fall, even though we saw it wobble and, like. Yeah, I think it was real. I guess the whole point is, does it matter? No, like it, it doesn't was said, matter. Like it was like it said, matter. like the the guy with the, all the old people in the underground. He was like, oh, oh yeah, does it oh, yeah. does oh, it God, matter? Yeah, they keep saying they kept saying lines. Take a leap of faith. Does it matter? Like you mm. could argue vaccines aren't real. Sorry, that that was <laughs> it. It just felt like yeah. that kind of mindset where I find this time the ending of Inception not saying not not defining yourself as one thing i think that's really actually can be quite clever and obviously it is quite an iconic ending yes. but on the other hand it does make me go 
why did you make me watch this film then, to an extent? Because without that resolution, I don't know whether or not I should actually care about anything about this film other than the feeling of what is real and what is not. Yeah. Mm. I guess him making the decision that he doesn't care if it's not real or not. But he, he, but, oh, but, no, not, not he yeah. doesn't care. Yeah. He's going to trust that it's real. I think that's yes. meant to be the point, yeah. is that this is a character he's who throughout the film is yeah. that he's always looking. Checking he's always thing. checking to make sure. But in this one, he's like, I'm taking the leap of faith to trust that this is real mm. and I can't keep doubting that the life that I'm living in now yeah. is not the full I mean, life. Absolutely. Which is like it, it, stepping out of a depression, stepping out of mourning. Yeah, yeah. It, it sums up his moving on. I think it is really yeah. well done. But at the same time, I, I just found that the second time around, Inception just annoyed me that little bit more. And I think it is <laughs> because of things like this could have been solved if he'd actually gone through some conducive therapy. therapy. Yeah. I mean, he, he could have made that same choice in the the collapsy crumbly dream state with mal he could have made that same choice of yeah you're right it doesn't matter i'm going to take a leap of faith but yeah. I, I obviously i think it's better that he did it in what um, what i would my reading would be that he is in the real world yeah, and that, yeah i think, I it's think real. he's i think he's in the real world as well and yeah I, yeah it's just it, it just it does feel like there's half this is half a good film Yes, and I think the yeah uh, yeah, and the last yeah. half is strong enough that maybe you go oh yeah, it's so good, but uh, yeah. it's like it's but like then when you mm. think about it, that's yeah. the problem. Was when you stop and you think about it, then you go, well, ho- mm, actually, hold on, was it a good film or yeah? I mean, yeah. did it just think it was? Yeah, I mean, did yes, it definitely thought it was. Oh, I thought um, it was f- great. D- did this film suffer because it underused Michael Caine? I I feel <laughs> I feel as though. You compare this to... I'm going to go back to The Dark Knight. The one thing that those films always had, um, because they're quite fast-paced and there's not necessarily a lot of emotional heart unless it's Alfred going, Master Wayne, we've, you've, you've got to See, do this. And, and we never had that moment with Michael There was another opportunity for heart because you could have his, the relationship mm. Actually, first of all, let it be... If it's going to be his father-in-law, maybe stay at more. Yeah, make, it, that, hey, make that clear. Of him not blaming... Of him not blaming... <laughs> him for the death of his daughter mm. um but you could have this, his actual dad yeah but this interesting relationship between two men who are bonded a by you know like love and family and then b are bonded by this trauma of yeah mm. my wife slash my daughter has well, died in this horrible manner and that could have been something really interesting and you, instead it was nothing you know what would have been more interesting is if they want to do the inception of the inception of using the therapy stuff to not realise the inception all along was about him getting over the death of his wife. Yeah. And that everybody so, else was in on it of using this. Oh, so the whole film is an intervention. You know what? Yeah. Like yeah. a whole film is them going, this is actually So like the top doesn't fall. He wakes up and everyone's around him. It's like, um, spoilers. Like, you feel better. <laughs> spoilers for the end of Stephen Universe Future. But it's all the characters <laughs> around him at the end going, it's okay. It's okay. Essentially. Yeah. I think that would have, to be honest, I think that would have been really powerful because it, so there was some stuff that didn't make sense of him going come on like what you're always running and all these private companies seem to be hiring you and it's all you know like yeah. that sense of how did this happen how did you get here and him having how to did come, you go from like a to b yeah and him coming to terms with the fact that the people that are helping him in the story are his friends mm. and have worked with him all the jobs that they do were definitely jobs that they did in the outside world yeah. through official government things but now it's like an intense he has to physically get over things. Mm. And in the end, the heist and everything 
that was just a ruse. It was really about him taking the leap of faith because that language kept getting used. You know, so they times. kept you. They kept using all this kind of language of for him to eventually get move over forward. and move forward and not blame yeah. himself for the death of his wife. And I think if and that was the be movie, there for his children because he's not there for his children and he, he can't, can't because he's he can't so locked up in himself. And yeah. And his father-in-law being the last one to have that Michael Caine-ness yeah. of, and also having the strength of letting, say, Ellen Page be the therapist. That's why she's the new yeah. face. The new face is that yeah. she is the therapist that is working officially with the company and all the men in his life, they are his good friends. They yeah. are his best friends. They were, yes. you know, and his father-in-law who were all there as men. And she's the architect. To, and she's, she's the one who's like building this yes. framework that he can use. Yes, and Tom to Hardy and Joseph it. Gordon-Levitt are holding <laughs> husbands, hands. Yeah. They're husbands in real life. <laughs> and they kiss at the um, end. But no, but I think that would have been really powerful of having the men in his life <laughs> help him. And not, again, not having the emotional labor on this woman that he doesn't know, but actually the men closest to him and having that Michael Caine moment of <laughs> going, I don't blame you. That guilt you feel, I don't blame you for the death mm. of my daughter. You know, you she, she had loved her, you, she, but she, she loved had her you, own problems, and she mm. had her own problems, and, and she, you couldn't have fixed them. Nothing could fix that, mm. and she she decided that that you know, and that makes you. How does, that, how does that make you feel? That makes him angry. Explosion, the flooding, that feels like drought. You we know, have what? Made using, a film. <laughs> using the special effects for him to get over mm. it, and then eventually he wakes up and he can see his children, and that sense of. Well, like even just he goes out to the waiting room and they're there, mm. you know, like something. Yeah. yeah, and just having to go, it's okay, and it being, he goes, well, how long have I been here? And it's felt like forever, but mm. really, it's, it's only been like an hour. Yeah, and, and as they as they walk away, um, Ariadne just starts spinning a top, and then it cuts to black. <laughs> yeah, the skull. Like but no, I think it, I, to be honest, I think that shows. What women would f***ing create. Yes. Like, and I, there that, were points where I was like, would, and I, you know, I think this a lot, but I was watching, I was like, would this be better if it was directed by a woman? Yes. Like, I mean, yes. Well, I mean. Maybe written. I mean, not any woman, obviously. Oh, like, any, like a female just director. just like some random lady Not just like Doris street. down the street. Just <laughs> like, oh, give it a go. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, Which is effectively what we're doing right now. Yeah. But I just feel like that they, they like you said, they had something that could have been a really great movie. Mm. The effects were great. Mm. The cinematography mm. was great. Yeah. You know what? Great actors. Yeah, super white, super men. But fine. But if this was a movie about men coming together and coming to terms mm. with trauma. Because you don't get a lot of those. You don't get it. You don't. Mm. And, it's, and it was the idea of him feeling like he has to use violence. And it feels like violence, violence, explaining the world to the therapist yeah. about what this is. And then in the end... He doesn't. It's not violence. It's not everything might be crumbling around him, but he's saying goodbye to the guilt that he and feels. And you can even, you know, with that final level of acceptance, you can work in the seaside motif that, you know, they kept. Yeah. Mm. Because, like, you know, it comes in, but then it goes out. And you can accept things and let them go. Yeah. And that's okay. And that, but it doesn't mean that his trauma's gone, but he can let go of yeah. that final bit of guilt that he, and mm. anger, like guilt and anger. Like, you can have the world exploding because. He's angry because and he she an angry, left. He, he is an angry character fundamentally. Yeah, because he he's angry at himself, but also he's angry that she left. He, him. She left. She didn't just leave him. She left their children. And mm. I feel like that that's such a this this thing of we weren't good enough. We weren't real enough for you. We yeah. weren't. You know, you were happy, but we couldn't make you happy enough to stay. And I yeah. think that's 
heartbreaking and I feel like if they look at that that's much more real it's much more real if that was we don't need the big super highest blood like that's fine but even Paris is on top of Paris okay okay, but I think if that was the core of the film I think that final meeting and being with his children and even having that thing of like your mourning isn't over but you're using sci-fi and all that kind of stuff Mm. to Mm look at a process that he's not over the death of his wife he's that like because you don't just get over something like oh, death God, like no. that but it's a, it's it's the first step that he needs mm. to to move on and he wasn't and mm. he and they use the field of work that he does to actually help and i think that could have been really interesting and i'm talking about a film that doesn't exist mm. but ours is better you know what i i wouldn't be surprised if that if if that's real in the fan fiction world yeah it probably um, is i'll find some i'll i wouldn't be surprised but other than that you enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> other than completely tom hardy had some of the best lines in the movie oh yeah he, he did great he knew what movie he was in mm-hmm. he knew who his character was he hit the time and he just he, i love it when tom hardy just does his own accent mm. he's oh, just and like so the line about um uh dream what was it it's you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Yes. To jo- oh god, they clearly had well, in the past. They are ex-lovers. Okay, and so they are in a ex-lovers. Film that was so rel- like relentlessly grim and serious. Just to have those tiny moments of levity, mm. you're like, oh, thank god, I can breathe for a second. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're you're convinced that Arthur and Eames had. Have, have history yeah they gotcha. definitely have history yeah they are not happy to be working but that it's like they had like a really acrimonious breakup but still like sometimes they get together and like mm. hook up in random cities yeah, yeah. definitely oh definitely yeah. there's no way that that's just <laughs> or it's the complete opposite they have never hooked up it's one or the other it's one that the okay. tension's there and they something could have happened but it didn't and mm. that's why they don't talk to each other oh. or they've because they tried but then they like it got awkward and they nearly ruined it. Yeah. So, but I, I would be more inclined to believe that they were definitely lovers at some point. And yeah. there's no straight explanation. No, like, I'm isn't. sorry. Like, there's just no straight They're explanation for bros that. Bros being dudes. No. That's just, that's every time I see friends of mine, I'm oh, like, yeah? hey, I'm going to lean in too close and put my arm around you. And Look, just I, I honestly believe mm. that Tom Hardy made that choice. I yeah. would accept I believe that. 100% that was Tom Hardy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt being the, you know, the good actor that he is, played with it. Yep. He was like, okay, you're going to you're gonna throw mm. me that ball. I'm going to throw that back. He did where... the improv. He was like, yes, and? Yeah, he yes, mm. and it. And it worked and that shows. And mm. But I, I honestly believe Tom Hardy was like, yeah. cool, these are the dialogues. It's going to be funny that we're bantering, that we're bickering like an old married couple. Yes. Um, and that's how, okay, Joe, that's how we're going to do it. We're going to bicker like oh, an old married couple. Joe? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and he was like, yeah, why not? And um, yeah, because, yeah, you I, know, Tom I, Hardy doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. Around. He doesn't give a shit about heteronormativity, no, man. He is so confident in his masculinity. He's so Look at him. confident. Hmm. I really wish he's bisexual because he's so confident, that actor. Yeah. I really just, so he's a, Part of my clan. I just so I could just so you, so can you claim, can claim him. him for so the I him. <laughs> just because, yeah, you know, he's yeah. No, you he's... like what he's giving out, and you'd like if he was on your particular. <laughs> he was on our, our, our team. Yeah. No. If he was giving it out to like both teams. Just help yes. the world. Just so both. Just so not both, but just so everyone, because you know, could gender isn't a binary. Could have an opportunity to mm. just be in his. I'm presence. sure his wife is like, please don't do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. I don't Please know just stay about, with me. I don't know anything about his private life. I just know he's an actor. So. Yeah. 
He's an actor that you is just... Is he married? Cool. Yeah, he's... Oh, um, good for him. He's married to... I can't remember her name. She's very attractive. Uh, they were in Wuthering Heights together. He was Heathcliff and she was Kathy. Oh, Yeah. That's nice. And they have a little baby. Oh, that's cute. Well, then obviously, no, I don't wish for them to break up. But that being said, I don't know what, but if... what they have in their <laughs> private life. I can't... <laughs> Edward Thomas Hardy, which is his full name, oh, cool. is married to Charlotte Riley, oh, uh, nice. formerly of uh, Wuthering Heights, as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so they've been married for about six years. Oh, good for them! Yeah. And they got one they kid, a, a little, uh, uh, yeah, a little kid called Chips Hardy. Oh, that's so cute. That's awful. <laughs> oh, you don't like chips? <laughs> I mean, as a food. Uh, oh wait. Oh, sorry. My apologies. Uh, this website is not laid out very well. Chips Hardy is his dad. <laughs> Sorry. So That's better. Tom Hardy is um, a chip off the is old... a chip off the old chips. <laughs> <laughs> I said it first, so it's fine. Um, yes. No. But anyway, anyway. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of feelings acting, about this a film. Great acting choice. Uh, those two actors had the most chemistry, and uh, you know what? I think that's another reason. Far more than Joseph is... and Ellen Page. Yeah, Ellen. Oh, Ellen, I don't know if she can act or not. Man, I, her, like, I, I like her enormously, but I just don't know if she can act very well. She was very good in Juno. Yeah, but it's the same sort of, I don't know. Have you seen The Umbrella Academy? Yeah, I've liked, I like her in that. that. But I think it's just because those are the roles that she can do. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's the same with mm. Leo. Leo can, his acting's the same. You know yeah, what I mean? a subset like, he can play extremely well. Yeah. I feel the there are Christopher Nolan actors. That, yes. not, not only just yeah. because he picks actors that he, he likes, I think there are also actors who are very much working his films. Christian Bale was a great Batman for those films because he fit. Yeah. The style of what was going on yes, for his yeah. um, for his Bruce Wayne. He yes. is a bit same same. Yeah. In other things, I would um, say that. And again, that's why Tom Hardy's been in a few of the films. That's why Killian Murphy comes up again, and maybe Alan. He Page. did very well. He did do very well. I, th- I th- he was my favorite thing watching it this time round. Mm. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Him saying goodbye to his dad. Yeah. That was, like, that was proper meaningful. That was the only thing that got me emotional in that whole mm. freaking mm. film. Was like was it, that scene. And it does, did it make you go? Well, why was the rest of it not like this? Yeah, where, where was yes. the investment in the rest of it? Because it was like, yeah. okay, so you, like you guys can clearly do this. Mm. Yeah. Why aren't you? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think that, I think yeah, the film would suffer potentially if you had the you, you could never see Billy Crystal being in a Christopher Nolan film. Like <laughs> I would pay to see that. Yeah. Though, to be like, real. He, but he's he just, just wandered onto set one yeah. day and wouldn't leave. He's just not the right actor though. You could yeah, like no. what part? He couldn't have him as the maybe maybe as the Michael Caine father-in-law, but he'd be like. You should see your kids. Like, that, yeah. it wouldn't. You could have one drama. of the people who drama. like walked by and didn't say anything. Yeah. I, that'd be funny. I think like I, I think Christopher Nolan had a great concept. Mm. He was like, well, wouldn't it be cool? You know, I think like you said earlier in the movie, like someone did like one class of philosophy and was like, yes, yeah. um, I can make a film. Yeah, and I think mm. he had an idea, but he had no heart. I think he, I, it's it's very yeah. surgical. I think it's very. Cold, yeah, it, it, quite I mean, clinical. Yeah. Clinical. It, it, I think the film is clinical. I think it needed hard and it's a film of that. of the head and not the heart. I yes, think is what it is. So. Which is funny because it's all about dreams. But yeah. um, even though the dreams are in your head, it, dreams I think are also moved by the metaphorical heart. It's yes, what what yeah. draws you and what makes you mm. emotional. Like yeah, what you've been thinking about even in your day to day life. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I I. I Despite having reservations about it, I'm very glad that a film like Inception exists because, you know, it's not the same as uh, other blockbusters that come out where it's just big, big and dumb. Yeah. Like, yes, I do yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I like, agree the, the, with that. There's a space for the big, dumb blockbusters. It's just that obviously they proliferate the market more so 
than films like Inception. And I mean, this was like when I was watching, um, oh, you know, bloody Doctor Strange. Ugh. But you know that scene where they're warping the worlds and stuff? Obviously, they you, were inspired by what you see in Inception, right? Yeah. Like the technology had improved so much more. At the very least, visually, there, yeah. there would have been some uh, crossover. Yeah, but it was very hard on the eyes mm. that, like, when you watch it on Doctor Strange, it's mm. like really i mean that's all of marvel it's just you don't know where to look it's way 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 too much less is more um while like inception there was a lot but they it didn't overwhelm you mm. you were more in awe you weren't going like there was always like where a central do I look? focal point yes mm. so great cinematography and great direction in that sense so i it, mm. that's where it definitely beats i think the other sort of blockbustery mm. and sort of i mean films. we do have to say um wally fister who is the um uh, cinematographer for oh, this round one. of applause round of applause um, for Wally yeah, yeah. Oh. a fantastic cinematographer and um, you know you can see why well why he's one of the best in the biz um, but I particularly enjoyed um, the the way the chase sequences were shot and I, I think we do have to give a very special mention to the rotating corridor oh yes it's yes. it looks so cool but also I think it also shows Another thing that a lot of blockbuster films that I just hate is that Inception uses used practical effects as much as possible and then use CGI and other stuff to enhance it. So like yeah, to fill in, in the gaps. In the Paris scene with Ellen Page, they actually did have explosions. Yeah. And then they enhanced it with other effects around yeah. it to make it bigger. Yeah, yeah. you can't you can't up. fold a city on top of itself. No, but what? like but like but, you can have the yeah. there was Ow. some explosions with the boxes and the slow motion, yeah. but they, they did, did actually have like papers and stuff exploding and that shows and that rotating room it was real like it mm. was real and the actors the how they moved great stunt coordination and I, I imagine it is always from an actor's perspective to not just be going so this green dot is a monster sure okay i guess i'll just roll with it mm. to be going well, oh this room is moving oh yeah. there are explosions and your I body can, and your body does stuff that react. you don't know is going to do like he i mean obviously joseph gordon love a good job i think he did most of it by the looks of it yeah, you he saw did, a lot did. of his face yeah and i think that's also because it looks more dangerous to us because the camera is standing in one spot mm. but yes. really it's just you staying on the ground trying to avoid everything so <laughs> yeah. while it, the room spins while the you. room is just while the floor is just changing yeah. so it isn't as dangerous as it looks when it's filmed but, but it looks good it looks good and, and it's still not an easy thing to do no oh, yeah, no yeah. i mean one it would have been fun doing that as an actor but two it would have been so exhausting mm-hmm. yeah. so mm-hmm. exhausting and i think that shows because it meant that the stunt guy that he would have been working off that he was fighting against it, it felt real when they were mm. shuffling when you know because paper the paper in the room that's gonna yeah, move differently. Like, There's the chance of a paper for hitting you in the head while you're trying to do stuff like, yeah. and that felt real. And I really, and I think, and you could see the like the proper momentum behind their movement. Same with the water, like yeah. when um, Leonardo got hit with that water at the beginning of the film. That oh, was yeah. the one part that I was like, okay, you could throw that if you were to get rid of the first half of the film, you could put that somewhere else because that was yeah, a really it cool was effect. A, it, it's a he good... really got looked like he got hit with water in there because they would have had a lot of physical practical mm. effects to blend in stuff and yeah. I think mm. for a movie that's meant to be so based on your imagination and, and what you can push having practical effects though maybe it would have been more expensive I have no idea mm. probably yeah, I, mean, I think one would imagine is what will hold this film up longer yes on, on effect wise I think it will yeah. hold that film up because it's going to look real like I think so you could watch much that longer. In, you know 10 years time and be like oh damn well because there was some of the exploding effects um 
were on top of the real effects are already starting to look dated in the Paris scene of like mm. some of the boxes mm. and everything because it's been 10 years and yeah. CGI, the technology has gone so much bounds. far ahead in just 10 years. So that's yeah. already starting to look dated, but then the paper behind it and the car flipping looks real. It looked mm. amazing. And that's because of practical effects. Yeah. And yeah. There's, there's, there's also the fact that our language around, um, in terms of a visual language, what we believe good physical effects to be yes has grown or changed over those 10 years so you know we we may go back and look at something that 10 years ago was like that's the state of the art art, and we see no problem with it but then we look at it now and we're like oh i've learned to read things in subtle ways i suppose in the same way that like you can play a video game from 10 years ago and at the time because it was cutting edge you were like wow look at Commander Shepard in Mass Effect 1, this is so great. And then you come back to it 13 years later and you're like, this is quite boxy. <laughs> well, oh, no. I mean, uh, watching, um, I mean, I loved the movie, mm. but watching Thor Ragnarok in mm. the cinema, the effects so bad. Like it is so, <laughs> like it is so clearly in a green screen, like yeah. everything. Well, that's there's so no, Marvel, I know, but there's yeah. no depth. There's no artistry. There's like, there's artistry in the color choices. Mm. There were artistry mm. in the, in the costumes and the writing mm. and some of the practical stuff, but there were obviously scenes where they're like, well, we don't know where we're going to have this yet. So, and it looks fake. Like when Thor is doing the whole long joke gag about what weapon to, and they're like, oh, your hammer, you wrote on your hammer. Oh, and all yeah. that weapon. Your hammer like, it's you clearly off. he was on a green screen yeah. with like a bit of a set piece. And it looks so flat. Yeah. And it looks, and I'm like, and I was watching in the cinema going, this is new. This is a new movie. I'm watching it in the cinema. And, and I'm going, already... and I'm like, it looks bad. Whereas you look at like what, I mean, I suppose the, what is held up is like the pinnacle of practical effects. You look at Jurassic Park. Yeah, mm. that film's as old as I am, and every time I watch it, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is real!" Yeah, it's the T Rex is coming. For it's you. only um, you know, the stegosaurus, the long neck ones that don't actually. Oh, the brontosaurus. Whatever. Yeah. They're, they're the not other ones, good. and when they're running from the dinosaurs, I think those are the only two scenes mm. which now are like dated because of the technology. But the rest of it, they tried with practical effects as much as possible, and like yeah, you said, it holds up. Seeing mm. that Tyrannosaurus Rex in the rain, the eye every time, mm. I'm like, "Oh shit, oh it's here!" Yeah, mm. it's, yeah. Would Would a Tyrannosaurus Rex have improved Inception? I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> if the Tyrannosaurus so Rex action, was the therapist, maybe. That was yeah. helping him and represent his trauma. Yeah. Um, then maybe. But yeah, that first half an hour of that film, you did mm. not. Yeah, it could, it could be cut. You did not need. And that really annoyed me. That annoyed mm. me the most. Uh, yeah. Because it you... didn't have to be two hours long. This movie yeah. could have been an hour and 40. Yeah, yeah easy. Like, not two and easy a half. Piece. Although, we wouldn't have had as much of Tom Hardy punching people in the snow, which was pretty great. I mean, that was great. He was clearly yeah. having a good yeah. time. He was having a good time. Like, part of me was going, we could cut down on this. But also, I was going, no, we can't, though. Because <laughs> I'm just loving Tom Hardy getting to be <laughs> in, in a James fun. Bond film, basically. He, pretty much. It's his one chance. <laughs> yeah, and he was great. Uh, would you guys like some trivia about Inception? Trivia me up, Oh, Matty. yes. All right. Uh, In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, writer, producer and director Christopher Nolan explained that he based the roles of the Inception team on roles that are used in filmmaking. Cobb is the director. Arthur is the producer. Uh, Ariadne is the production designer. Eames is the actor, funnily enough. Mm. Um, Sato is the studio. And Fisher, uh, the guy they were kidnapping, is the audience. In trying to write a team-based creative process, I wrote the one that I know, said Nolan. And I think that's actually kind of a cool way of looking at it. No, definitely. I I don't don't hate that. I don't hate Mm. that, right? What you know, and I like the fact that 
him going, I've bought a plane for billions of that being the production company going, yeah, we're going to, it just seemed neater. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and going, um, okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I get that. They still could have made it better, but I get it. The characters (laughs) felt real in their job. Mm, So yeah. In an effort to combat confusion, television broadcasts in Japan of this film include text in the upper left corner of the screen to remind viewers which level of the dream a scene takes place in. Would you have liked that, or do you prefer the way it's presented? I like the way it's presented. I think it's a very strong visual of where you are. At no point was I confused. Yeah, I think it's. I don't think it's mm. super necessary. No, because I mean, again, at the beginning, they really established it. He goes, "I know, I'm in." I was rolling my eyes so hard when when Saito's going uh, like we're asleep there isn't a good way of delivering that line no No, he's an excellent actor he's such a good actor even he couldn't make that not like cheesy as hell oh my god because they really because that's what the first half an hour or an hour is it's just people dramatically going so you're telling me we're not awake (laughs) oh yeah we get it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that in like some countries they're like maybe they still don't get it i'm like what yeah um in spite of the movie's extensive surreal effects sequences the majority of the visuals for this film are practical methods um so the penrose stairs the rotating hallway the mountain avalanche and zero gravity sequences um they were they were practical effects i mean not the avalanche itself like that no it was like smaller scale yeah but um yeah, uh, this movie only has around 500 visual effects shots, as opposed to most of the visual epics from the time, which had around about 2,000. And which is why yeah. it holds up. Mm. That's why it holds. I mean, same thing. Like with like uh, Gordon Joseph Lovett actually. <laughs> Gordon <laughs> Joseph Lovett. Lovett. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher, you know. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd Walker. Walker. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but like when he was actually floating, and you're like, oh wow, look at that harness, and I was like, I don't actually think that's a harness because the way that they were moving mm. um and then when the way that they had the actors when they were all tied up and i was like no nah, I, mean, I think this is real yeah. and the fact that it's you're saying it's real i mm. was like hey, that would have been really expensive speaking of tim brooke taylor or what, whatever three names we're just going to throw out there <laughs> just any old yeah <laughs> any um, old lad joseph gordon levitt went to joseph the audition uh after a brief character summary wearing a full suit just in case, he says, uh, unknowingly matching his character's wardrobe design perfectly. So he turned. So he up... fucking wore a grey suit. Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean I that mean... would have been the style. A style like a black suit is too Jane Bondy. Mm-hmm. Um, a blue a, and funerals and weddings. Blue is for weddings. Blue if you're like is, a hip young guy. Um, yeah, blue is like I were I I'm a manager, but in like the IT. Yeah. Like so, a grey suit, I wear brown especially shoes. like back in that time, that was like high style yeah so a high style suit was great i mean anna you you are our resident fashion expert on this program um so yes that's an official title so (laughs) enjoy Uh, fashion correspondent anna Weir. in terms of the fact that they are pretty much uniformly wearing gray suits were they at least like good gray suits oh i mean they were excellently made they Mm. really were i can't fault that you know to make a like a good suit jacket especially can transform a man's figure mm. and you know like the shoulders and the cut of it and i can't fault any of that it was excellent i'm sure they were all you know designer beyond belief but and you know nolan had a palette and he was sticking to it but jesus it's dull to look at mm. 
Oh, God. And is it meant to be that because the idea is that they blend into people's dreams? And yeah, so you, you I, would, wanna, I would say you so. You don't want to, like, Trying to be as them. unobtrusive as possible. I think the most exciting any man's fashion gets is the pink shirt that Eames wears when we first meet him in Mombasa. And that's, yeah. that is the way of symbolizing, oh, this guy's, like, flashy and he's, mm. he's interesting. And he's out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a big old... He's a big old queer boy. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, no, but I think it could have been interesting if, like, the outside world was more... Co- but I guess, again, they want to be like, what's a dream and yeah. what's not? Because the mean, idea of having more colour... Yeah in the real quote-unquote real world and then them wearing grey in the dreams. Well, actually, that's an interesting point because in um, Cobb's children are both shown, like, drenched in light and very brightly saturated, but also dressed, you know, in, like, really bright colours. So that could be the, oh, this is the real world. Yeah, the kids at the end, Mm. they were very brightly coloured. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, I don't know. Mm. But, yeah, no, the suits were excellent. But also, 2010, man, it was just gray it was gray it was blue and gray it was like i worked in offices i know is there a memo that gets sent around saying what colors you're meant to wear for different years i mean kind of yeah yeah okay i i missed it 2010 but also i'll send you the next one please do because yeah yeah, i'm trying to remember what i was wearing in 2010 and it's i was almost certainly wearing board shorts it's a lot the same stuff that i wear nowadays to be honest and i mean like in film like nolan's stuff has always sort of been grayscale grayscale oh yeah like because like it's based in real yeah there's a reason he did batman and not superman that's it's just just the costume i i just hope everything will become more colorful because honestly again going back to taika watiti taika he's like his films always have color in it and i love that he's bringing that back to hollywood and i hope color for the love of god stays like wonder woman was so i mean it was based on world war one and like i did and her in her world it was colorful and then in england the color was gone so that's fine because Mm. it's the war yes it totally relevant makes sense and that's why i'm looking forward to the 1980 1984 yeah it looks super colorful Mm. the role of saito was written exclusively for ken watanabe because writer producer and director christopher nolan felt that although he had appeared in Batman Begins, he didn't have much screen time and no, wanted didn't. to give him a much more prominent role in a film. Who the hell was he in Batman Begins? Um, he was he was in it. Um, he was either a detective or a mayor or something. He was one of the... Oh! He was one of those ones. Did, I feel like a detective is... Oh, I don't know. I can't There's I'm a shot sure... of him looking up into the city yeah. size skyscape. He's I'm a very he's a very good actor. Mm. He is. He does not get hired enough in a, in Hollywood because of racism. And I'm really glad that he actually did have like a prominent role. But again, he spent the next half of the movie passing out after being shot. But that being said, he was a good actor. Yeah, he, and I, he did what he could with what he had. With what he had, he did a good job. Mm. Um, he was also excellent in Detective Pikachu. Yeah, he was great in Detective Pikachu. Mm. He was very good in uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. While shooting the snowmobile chase, there were intermittent wind gusts. In order to preserve continuity during the takes without natural wind, the camera helicopter was used to blow snow into frame. So for a lot of those shots where the snow's blowing around, there's just a helicopter quite close to the actors just Going blowing. Doof, 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 yeah. doof, doof, doof. I mean, that's. I mean, I guess they're just like, sorry guys, it's too windy. We're just gonna, we just have to do it. That's smart. Do I know, that's why they get paid the big bucks, so no. they can have snow blown at them. Do you guys remember the trailer for this film? Is this where the Bois started? Mm. It started the Bois, mm, didn't Not it? for one second. Yeah. It was, he started, you know, and it was like the whole oh. Bois, and you saw the building go up, and it was like Bois, and it was, no, <laughs> and every f- 
But if he did it, yeah. was it this Shit, trailer? Is that where this started? That's, that's where Bois comes from. But contrary to popular belief, it's not Hans Zimmer's fault. Oh, Thank who God. did the Bois? Uh, Hans Zimmer did not compose the music that appeared in that trailer. It was a track titled Mind Heist that was composed by Zach Hemsey. So Zach Hemsey is, if you do not like the Bois, oh. it's Zach Hemsey's You know fault. what? That doesn't, because it doesn't sound like Zimmer. His Zimmer's work at all. Mm. He's much more subtle. Which the soundtrack in the film, yeah, it's good, amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's Zimmer. You can't like, go wrong. Yeah, uh, there were a couple of other actresses considered for the role of Ariadne instead of Ellen Page. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not to say uh, whether or not you're like, oh, they'd have been better or not. Uh, I'm more just going to ask: Do you think they could have played the role well? Okay, I'm really bad at actors' names. Okay. If that has not been apparent, <laughs> so let's see if I know them. Emily Blunt. No, she's too good. She's too good to be in this film. Yeah. No, she's too good, but also the wife and her look would, would look way too similar. Oh yes. Everyone would be like well. they're way too similar looking. It would yeah. be it would be like people would be confused. It would be confused. You would need instead of like what level is this? It would be like what woman is this? <laughs> what woman. It's only two, but they're they're too similar. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Again, she looks too much like Marion. Rachel McAdams. Oh, she the notebook? She, yes. Sherlock Holmes. Uh, oh yeah, no, she'd be good if she was maybe a blonde, but I think again, well, this is 2010. Everyone's brunette. Everyone, um, Where are these color codes that you guys are getting? Everyone's a brunette. Everyone Sorry, has to um, uh, she would have been good, but yeah, like she's a I good think, actress. So. Would she would she have been too old to be seen as a? I mean, no, as, as, as a college ingenue. as a college student. Uh, Ten years ago, maybe not. She's no. only in her thirties. No, that's mm. true. I mean, a college student. You're technically fucking. Still, how old are you? I'm thirty, and I'm <laughs> I'm still. A college student. Yeah, so I'm doing my PhD. You're doing though. your PhD. Yeah. So she's obviously so yeah, she's, she's a grad she's student. A grad student. Yeah. So she'd be about good. thirty anyway. Yeah. So Mature age students are a thing, guys. <laughs> yeah, all right. Leave us I alone. Know. I know. Sorry. Uh, yeah, she would have done a good job. Yeah. Carrie Mulligan. Oh, actually, yeah, she could have been quite good. Um, Carrie Mulligan. Mm. What? Uh, she, movies. The Great movies. Gatsby. Yep. Um, uh, Never let me go. Um, shame. She was in that Doctor Who episode, Blink. She's a oh, yeah. um, she's Sally Sparrow. Oh, wait, see, yeah, yeah. Um, she looks like this. I've got a picture of her there. Oh yeah, they oh they'll definitely go for a, a type, won't mm. they? If anything, Ellen Page has gone against the type. All <laughs> she's the women, not pixie enough. All mm. the women look very similar. Is there any other choices? There is. Um, the Rock Johnson. It's not the Rock, <laughs> which I would have loved. No, it's um, it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god! Did she sing to him to get him out? That's so bad. What? Okay, first of all, first of all, she cannot act. No, Sorry, she Taylor. No, if she you ever do this, she's, oh, she's you can doing, sue me. If she's you want. fine. She's doing fine. But also, no, and no, and also, they also she's very tall. Actually, that wouldn't have worked because she is very tall. Too I tall. All the men would have looked. All the men would have looked too short around her. Yeah. yeah. Um. But also, again, just so many white women that look exactly the same yeah. like i know well that's why they're famous because we like one type of person no hollywood tells us that we yeah, like one type true. of person she would have um, just been telling him to shake it off the whole time and we wouldn't have got the reference because <laughs> it was before the song <laughs> We'd be like, why what? does this character why is this 16 year old here shake it off. um no i mean look ellen page i funnily enough was going against the type of what they wanted mm. um because again they didn't want her to be a love interest 
And I think if they picked any of the other women, people yeah, instinctively have, have gone, she's a, she is a woman, mm. love interest. Um, so I do like that she wasn't, but again, she just had to hold this emotional weight, like of a man that she, oh. But she's just mad. Oh, it's, it's so, like, it's, that is. Which mm. is upsettingly true to type because, you know, there are like relationships you have and men or women that you meet and you're like, I'll yep I'll do this I'll do the emotional labor and you're like and then you look back and go why did I do that I had known mm. that person for two minutes yeah women have to do that all the time it's yeah. a very common it's crap and, it's, and they just did it in the film and they probably didn't even realize that they weren't doing it yeah because a man made it yeah anyway sorry Stephen no no that's okay that's... any more facts Stefan I've got a couple more this was the third most pirated film of 2010 that's oh, hilarious not brand. surprising uh, would you want to guess what the two films ahead of it were. So films that were out in two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten, probably either a Batman movie, so Dark Knight, not Dark Knight, not Batman Begins. Was it like a superhero-y thing? Have we started? No, superheroes haven't really. Well, maybe Iron Man. One was a superhero film, but not. It wasn't a Batman. Way that we're thinking. Not like a traditional superhero film. Mm. A bit more subversive. Was it? Was it Hancock? No, no. Oh, that would have been hilarious. Could you imagine so. if that was? Could you? Yeah. No, no. Um, Unfortunately, the movie made no money because everyone was downloading it. Everyone's like, oh, everyone says this movie's terrible. I've got to see it. Uh, no, the, um, the, the, the superhero film around about 2009, 2010. Oh, God. Um, You're going to say it. I'm going to be so annoyed because I'm going to know it. Um, yeah. Okay. Is it on. a Superman film? It's not, it's not a big, it's not a DC or Marvel superhero. War of the Worlds. No, that was no. a little bit earlier. That was, that was like 2005, yeah. wasn't it? Um, so I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the first one. Okay. okay. Avatar. Oh, f- Really? Yeah, Avatar was still the... Oh, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Avatar, of course, Avatar would be illegally streamed and downloaded. The, the what super, a bad film. The superhero one was Kick-Ass. Oh, oh yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got yeah, that. Yeah, 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 that. that definitely makes sense. Oh, that was a good movie. Mm. I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, it's good. The yeah. second one's like, mm, that's all right. I mean, it was, yeah, that makes sense. I'm sensing another podcast coming up. <laughs> um, well, we sure do know how to talk. Mm. Uh, during an interview, Christopher Nolan addressed the ambiguous ending, saying that he believed that Cobb actually makes it home to his children, although obviously it's open to interpretation. He further claimed that the point of not seeing whether or not the top stops spinning is that Cobb no longer obsesses over his dreams. So it's exactly an essay. Exactly what we said. Yeah. Yeah. We just said it better. Like, Mm. but that's the thing is that I think if someone kind of, it's a dream or it's not a dream, I'm like, that's not the point. And I feel like if you're debating over that, you've missed the point of his growth. Mm. Yeah, you just watched the film and went, ooh, explosions. Oh, it's like the Soprano ending. It's like, no, like, you missed the whole... Like, the movie was not subtle, guys. The movie was not... (laughs) ...subtle about what this was about. Like, and if you don't understand, then you're... Explosions. Oh, my God. I mean, further to your point about exposition, there are 399 questions asked in this movie. Yikey, yikey. Including tag questions like subconscious is motivated by emotion, right? That's one. Um, the character that asks the most questions is Cobb, obviously, oh. uh, with 113. Uh, followed by Ariadne with 93. Makes sense. And then third, Arthur with 44 of the questions. And yet no one went, why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> this is the main question. Do you, can't you just like <laughs> do a vicious business takeover in another way, Saito? Yeah, why is, why is... The most why is this possible. the way that you have to get the business? Like, why? Just why? 
You can buy an airline, right? And not even blink or twitch an eyebrow. No, yeah. Buy some good lawyers and, like, tear Killian Murphy's company apart. Mm. Yeah. Do or, like, buy them out. Buy them out. Does. And, like, yeah. oh, he doesn't want to buy it out. Okay. Well, then just live with the fact that apparently only you two <laughs> are the only, only two company com- <laughs> that run energy in the whole world. If Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk can yeah. live together, then so can you. Oh, and that, and we're like, and this is what the technology, again, that's so. It's like they didn't have, they were like, how, why, is, why are they doing this? I don't know, man. Let's. Uh, I guess. What, I guess if he's basing it off film, it's like, why are we making this movie? I know, man. Make money. We're making this Hollywood film to make money. With all I think, our mates. And I think that's why he thought of the producers going, "We're doing this film mm. because we're making money." Yeah, it's, I, every, it's every Adam Sandler film. Yeah, it's gonna make money. money. Is it good? Mm. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, finally, the slow, gloomy, blaring trombones of, uh, of the main theme score were based on an extremely slowed down version of uh, Edith Piaf's Non Je Ne Regret Bien, which is obviously used yeah. for the film. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. Um, furthermore. It's like Edith is here. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Furthermore, when uh, the music is heard by someone who is currently within a dream, the music is perceived as slowed down. Thus, the main theme of the score is almost exactly what the beginning of non Genel regret Rian would sound like to the dreamer. This thematic device is brought to its logical conclusion when this song plays at the end of the credits, signalling that the audience is about to wake up from yeah. this movie. Very smart stuff. Like, again, yeah. there's like there's some really yeah. also, smart choices. It's what's, just... her, what's her name? Played Edith Piaf, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, it that is kind of cool. That little it's like a tip. nice little thing. Yeah. yeah. Also, the film is, um, the song is about would also match the theme of the film, right? Mm. I can't remember what the lyrics are because it's in French. Yeah. It's um, essentially, I've got no regrets. Have no regrets. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, which is a film, which, you know, is what, again, the whole movie Should is about. about. Mm. Oh, God. It's such... <laughs> so, with all that being said, yes. it's time for us to score the film. Oh, Lord. And Kate, you get to go first because this was your first time watching Inception. What score would you give it out of 10? How many dream levels out of 10? Yeah, how, how many, many dream levels? Dream levels. Here's the thing visually, it looks amazing. Mm. Will I ever watch this movie again? Mm. No. Okay. Will yeah, I call. ever think about it? recommend it to anyone no Maybe i don't you were like a 14 year old boy no but that's no i don't want 14 year old boys watching this i'm sorry because you have all these like 14 15 no, and like fair, fair, 20 fair, year fair. old white boys going like well this is so deep uh, like just there's better films and i can I just hate... dump all my problems on ellen page yeah <laughs> She'll sort and, them out and for they, me. they learn nothing they learn nothing mm. you learn nothing from this film like a character has no I mean, he learns a, a bit except but... the bare basic of like you need to be able to move on from your problems yes. but, but it doesn't I'd which say... like anyone could tell you that yeah and I also don't think it delivers it in a way that is necessarily conducive to that process actually taking place yes exactly no. so you know I don't think I'd recommend it to anybody the effects are cool I would say fast forward to the first half. This movie, mm. my mum would be so confused. Mm. She would be so oh, confused from anyone over the age of questions. anyone over the age of forty-five is going to be so confused by this film. Okay, yeah. that you know what, fifty-five. I'll give it you know fifty-five, sixty. Um, so and it, my mother. Yeah, and it's <laughs> weird because like the last movie that I watched with was Mortal Kombat, mm. and I gave it four and a half to five stars because I thought, is it a bad film? Is it a good film? No. Is it stupid? 
Yes. Did you enjoy yourself? But at the end of the movie, did I go, oh, I'll watch the sequel? Yeah. Or if some mates were like, hey, do we all want to have a, a beer and, yeah. and watch Mortal Kombat as we're all hanging out? All right, let's role play this then. Okay. Um, oh, I've got a couple of beers. Do you want to watch Mortal Kombat? Yeah. All, all right, right, same situation. Okay, I've got a couple of beers. Do you want to watch Inception? Oh, Jesus, you wept. Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah, it's great. I can dump all my problems on women in my life. Okay, no. And then the whole night would be me just slapping my hands together, telling them why they're wrong. Um, yeah, so for me, like, the visual effects, great. I'm giving 10 out of 10, all right? right? Um, the love story that we could have gotten between Tom Hardy and <sighs> Joseph Gordon-Lovett. 20 out of 10. I, you know, I'm giving their chemistry alone. Yeah. Seven out of ten. I wish I saw more. That's mm. why. Mm. All right. The movie itself, three. Like, <laughs> like, like uh, the first half of the movie, three. The second half of the movie is like all the leveling where they're going into the heist thing. That's a solid like six, seven. But then the overarching movie, yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, it's like three, four. It's yeah. not, it could have been so much more. It has no heart. It looks good. It's people thinking, look how smart we are. And instead of actually looking at the heart of the story, yeah. they wanted to show off. So and it's three. Three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. The half being for um, Tom and Joe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I get why the fan fiction exists. Like when you said at the start, yeah. oh, there's fan fiction so about this movie. Me. You should never doubt me about but fan fiction. I was fiction. like, why? why? Are people really going into the deep level of dreamscaping? Is that what the fan... But the nah. second... The second... <laughs> Second, those two interacted with each other. I, I went. So vindicated. I, I went. That is why there is fan fiction. Sure is. That baby. is the only reason. Um, so I do. Will I be googling it <laughs> when I get home? I am actually very curious to see what the Inception fan fiction is. Um, I'll send you some stuff. It's fine. Mm. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Anna. What about you? What score would you give Inception out of? Oh, time? like four. Yeah. Like. I was bored watching it. I was thinking of other things. Like, I enjoyed myself because I like spending time with you guys. Like, yes. That mm. was good. That was really fun. I have mm. so many both, jokes. We've like, taken a piece very out long of time, so, so I really enjoyed that. But then I would be like, oh, a film. A film is happening. Mm. Like, I wouldn't, like, much like you said, I don't think I would ever voluntarily be like, oh, I'd, I'd love to watch Inception again. That's what this afternoon needs, is mm. like, a cup of tea in Inception. I yeah. would never go out yeah. of my way to see it. And I feel vindicated for all the years when people were like, <laughs> and like looking back, all white men yeah. going, yeah. have you seen Inception? Uh, oh God, it's so amazing. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to see it because you're telling me I need to yeah. see this movie. And now yeah. I'm like, vindication. You know what you've set yourself up for though? Is people going... Let me explain what you didn't understand you just about didn't the film. Get Inception. I got it, guys. <laughs> and that's the and thing. That's when you is whip out the that... film that we've written. Yes, yeah. but the thing is, is I got it. Like I got it. I got yeah, it. But you didn't enjoy it, Kate. So yeah. So like, did you get it? Because yeah. at the end, the top, and you like can't you know, really but, tell. Oh my god! But you know what? That's what that. Be, but that's what's great. Are we in a dream mm. or aren't we not? And I guess that's not. The point, if yeah. I had any white bloke come up to me and really make that the crux of it, I would go, this isn't the Matrix. That's yes. not the point of that ending. Mm. You're a f***ing idiot. Yes, well... What did you, what, what did you think well, of the film? Yes, as, as the white male um, in, in the room... Um, yeah, I should, we should clarify, we are all white people. We yeah. are all white people, yes. Yes. Who are trying to do better. <laughs> yes. Um, 
for me, um, I think that this film is is not for me uh, specifically. Um, in, in terms of like for me personally, it's not a film that I'm. I enjoyed it when I first saw it in the cinema. I enjoyed it less this time, but I think that's just because the we were types. Talking the whole time. <laughs> well, no, I, I, actually, I enjoyed the talking more. Um, oh. I enjoyed that that interaction and kind of like the discussion of the film as it was going. But the the thing that I think kind of really stood out about this film is it's not the sort of story that I enjoy in a film. Mm. And I think over the course of doing 170 of these podcasts at this point, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm figuring out the type of stories I like. Mm. And Inception is not one of them. Mm. But it is a... It's a visually stunning film. And I know that we've we've really ripped on um, the types of people that may like this film. But if you enjoy Inception... That's fine. It is fine. It oh, is yeah, great. I'm not saying you're... T- I'm so bad. Yeah. That does make me sound yeah. like I'm going, you're a piece of shit. No, <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm She's taking, written on a t-shirt I'm taking and the piss out of a particular group yeah, it, of men that think yeah. that they are... That this is the highest that an art form can achieve. Yeah. Yes. And, and I don't think that unlike the dreams in this film i don't think that art is necessarily layered like that no, no. and i like my, my score will be higher but it's not going to be Sorry. a tremendously amount higher because to me i i really do enjoy the second half of this film. yes same. and the first half of the film for me it's not bad but it is boring yeah. um it, yeah. it, it is a little bit like walking through mud and <laughs> it yeah it, it's a film that could be maybe slightly better done, but also it's Christopher Nolan's baby. It's it's something that he and the team obviously worked very hard on. And you know what? It is a film that people still reference quite frequently. It is still a film that had a notable impact. Um, and I do try and take these things into consideration. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I, I, I can only give this five and a half bars <laughs> out, of, out of ten um, yeah. because it's... Yeah, technically great, but it lacks heart. And, yeah. And that's, but that's my personal reading. And I think it's our kind of collective personal reading, really. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like the visual effects, that's why I gave that such a, that's why I had a hard time rating this because mm. there are so many levels to it that people should be proud of. And if you enjoyed the visual effects and was like, this movie mm. is great because it's so action packed and that's There's what like, I love about it. power to you. That's mm. totally fine. But I think, yeah, it's just, it does like heart and maybe there are, might be a lot of people that, weren't there to watch it for that they weren't yeah. they were yeah. there to see the twists and turns of yeah is this what is reality and that's totally fine and i do wonder um whether or not your score would be higher or lower if you had seen this in a cinema for the first time because i yeah i, I suspect that spectacle which is one of its mm. big selling points would come across more um and i yeah i think i think maybe this film even though it has aged well visually I think maybe does suffer a little bit from the fact that Nolan, his films are made for being in the cinema. The IMAX yeah. camera usage for the Dark Knight films, the way yeah. Dunkirk was shot. I like... still haven't seen Dunkirk. Yeah, I don't want to. Mm. It just looks grim. Yeah. I want to watch 1917 though, but oh, I missed yes. that in the cinema. Sorry. Yeah, but no, you're right though. These uh, Nolan is very much a director who is focused on the big screen experience mm. as opposed mm. to the home theatre experience. And I feel like Inception maybe would actually be really good to watch 
in that format. Like, Especially with a like a theatre full of people who are all, you know, the energy's there, yeah. the atmosphere's there. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is like going to be the coolest thing that we've seen in ages. And there definitely was that tense, again, like that, that whole layering scene, that tense moment of as the car got closer to the water mm. about whether they were going to get brought back to life enough mm. to go back to the different layers of the dreams. Mm. That part, I can imagine being in an audience feeling that tension of, are they going to do it? Are yeah. they going to wake up on this plane? Will they make it? Yeah, yeah, so definitely. All right, well, that brings us to the end of this review of Inception. Or does it? I'm just going to spin this top here <laughs> and see see if it falls over or not. Uh, but as it spins, uh, Kate and Anna, thank you so much for watching Inception. With thank me. you for having thank us. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Hey! Facebook's a thing. Yep, top still spinning. Uh, you can uh, find us over at uh, facebook.com. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. You can like us. Um, you can get updates each and every week about uh, what's going on in our little club. We're also on Patreon. We can be found at patreon.com forward slash podcast. Uh, lots of bonus extras there, including uh, a conversation that happened earlier today oh, about, no. about the Chris's <laughs> that these two were talking about, about Hollywood's various Chris's. Uh, that will be available uh, as part of uh, we do a bonus show for this program called The Cutting Room Floor which is things that don't make it into the regular program uh, they get put together in a big fun jamboree of extra chat and uh, there is that conversation alone is worth (laughs) subscribing for as little as a dollar a month you get that you get that for whatever level you join us so please (laughs) join up because that'll be coming up I reckon the next month or so (laughs) love it uh, and of course uh, to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already say you're just sat in somebody's car going boy they sure have talked about Inception a lot <laughs> have they done it for any other films we certainly have just look for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on Spotify or SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts but that's all for this week so until next time no the top is still spinning it's still spinning were we ever really here Goodbye. <laughs> Life is nothing but a leap of faith. <laughs> you have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.